Welcome to Bite Size, a series where we talk to traffic and mobility experts, discuss innovation, and highlight business leaders within transport and city planning. Hello, my name is Emily Bobbis and welcome back to another episode of the Bite Size Podcast. It is no secret that a lot of very prolific industries are being just completely disrupted from the inside out by new technology, innovations, data, and a whole bunch of new startups. Uh, This includes not only transport, but also retail. And more specifically, uh, I've seen a lot come up in healthcare recently. My guest today is able to kind of unpack a lot of these trends uh, with a focus back onto the transport sector. My guest today is Rajesh Thangaraj. Rajesh is the Solutions Director for Edge Computing, Microdata Centers and Emerging Tech within the Secure Power Division at Schneider Electric. Rajesh is just an incredibly passionate person about the role of transformational leadership within organizations and very importantly, I think, focusing on human-led experiences and human-led change. Our conversation today is, of course, all about what is edge computing, how to engage and guide different stakeholders to adopt innovation, and most importantly, the importance of prioritizing talent, not tech. And you'll see what I mean throughout the episode. Rajesh, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, join this podcast. You've had such a diverse career, including working with companies like Huawei and also Woolworths. I was hoping you could walk me through a little bit of your professional background and your career journey. Oh, well, um, I'm a, a technophile, you know, and customer-centric and uh, result-oriented profession uh, with over uh, 16 years of experience in the technology industry. And over these years, I have gained a diverse range of experience and expertise, in it, uh, notably in IoT, telecommunications, AI, cloud edge computing, SD-WAN, uh, business technology consulting, uh, digital transformation strategy, uh, GTM pre-sales sales. Uh, I'm an engineering graduate, so I have received my a Bachelor of Engineering degree in Electronics and Communication Engineering. So I have a, a postgraduate degree in Telecommunication and Software Development. I have always been passionate about uh, the disruptive technologies and new ideas and new ways of thinking. And I always believe my key ability is uh, to understand the customer requirements and able to convert that into a technology solution, leads to a demonstration and a successful commercial rollout. Um, and um, with my uh, current role, um, you probably have uh, get some idea that I'm responsible for uh, the developing the edge and the distributed IT business strategy uh, in, in Pacific region with Schneider Electric uh, and driving the uh, enablement of um, the, the edge solution across the market, including uh, enterprise, commercials, channels, and industries, and some of the key um, deliveries if I want to highlight, which is um, basically consultative selling and incremental revenue and develop alliance partnership uh, within this edge ecosystem and educating uh, internal and external stakeholders. Awesome. I, I think one thing that I resonate with in particular is part of the reason we started this podcast is to increase the accessibility and the education around topics such as technology and transport. So it's it's really good to see that you're kind of doing that as well, but from a, a different area. 
yeah, I come from this consulting background. So that allows me to mm. uh, be always be an advisor or an educator or a coach. Um, so I have worked like, for example, as you mentioned in, in Huawei, uh, I was working with uh, the uh, customer organization, uh, C-level customers like CTOs, CSOs, and being uh, in the position of advisory uh, on the uh, technology and the, and the business uh, consultings. I have um, uh, developed a business plans for uh, larger telcos, you know, service providers. Uh, so that kind of, um, that's, that's my personality, I feel. Um, mm. It's not just one of the technology also, you know, personally, a lot of people um, seek advice from me. So it's kind of a natural ability, uh, I think, I developed over these years. <laughs> I guess then my next question for you is really pertinent, which is for those who are listening who may not have a data background, uh, things like edge tech and new emerging tech can sound pretty affronting. Uh, in layman's terms, what exactly is edge computing and why should people kind of care about it? Okay, I think in the simple terms, uh, edge computing is uh, pushing application or data computing power away from the centralized points uh, to the locations close to the user. And uh, I really like this Gardner uh, definitions, like the Gardner defines edge computing as a part of a distributed computing topology uh, in which information processing is uh, located close to the edge. So at its basic level, um, edge computing brings this computation and data storage closer to the devices where it's being um, gathered or rather than relying on the uh, central location that can be thousands of miles away. Uh, so this, uh, this is done so that data, especially real-time data, does not suffer uh, latency issues that can affect an application performance. Uh, in addition, also companies can save money. Also, um, another aspect, a security aspect, but by not moving your data to the network, you're already um, reducing the exposure um, of the data you know, uh, to be breached. Um, so it, it's kind of like it helps um, the organizations to uh, have the data um, processed and consumed. Yeah, it's a super interesting topic. Um, and to unpack a little bit more about what you were talking about, because there are, there's, there is a lot to unpack regarding big data and edge tech solutions. Uh, there was a recent report from a group of researchers from the University of Sydney as part of a, um, the Australian Housing and Urban Research Institute. And it was all about kind of exactly what you're talking about. It's how to better integrate things like big data and emerging technology to be closer to users and be more user-centric in, in say, urban design. So it is, it is quite, a, a, I think, an important topic to, to discuss Absolutely, you know, because you know the the distributed IT concept, are, it it is there in the um, uh, industry for a very long time. The concept was there, but um, it, there's a question like, you no, know, uh, and I think it's it's why it's now and why should we care today? Um, is uh, for example, think about you know the the devices that monitor uh, manufacturing equipment on a factory floor out of the internet connected video cameras that sends live footage from a remote office. While a single device producing data can transmit across the network quite easily, it could be bits and bytes of data. A problem arise when the number of devices transmitting data at the same time grows. So uh, instead of one video camera transmitting live footage, uh, multiply by that a hundred or thousands of devices. So not only uh, the quality suffer uh, due to the latency, but also the cost in, in bandwidth can be tremendous. And the bandwidth in Australia is quite expensive. 
And uh, um, just to give you an example, um, in 2019, a team of um, international astronomers has captured an image of black hole. Mm. I was really, really excited. <laughs> and <laughs> this data collected from uh, a black hole, which is 55 million light years away and was generated by an array of eight um, international radio telescopes over the course of five nights and a lot of efforts and, and globally they had to coordinate and producing this black hole image acquired a processing of four petabytes of data. It's a massive data, you know, like you're talking about, uh, um, you know, uh, racks and racks of, you know, uh, storage and, and data. Um, so edge computing is developed to meet um, uh, the on-premises computing. So it ensures uh, the real-time processing, data quality, security, and even autonomy. So edge is going to complement the cloud. Mm. Cool. It's really interesting to know how edge computing can be anything from like health and retail, but also to black hole imaging, which is... Yeah, you know, yeah. just yeah, transporting four petabyte of data on the network <laughs> to, you know, like processed in a remote location uh, in, in a cloud, uh, that's, that seems like, you know, it, it's absurd and it's, it's, it's impossible. And just imagine uh, how securely you have transport that and how much bandwidth you need. So back onto the idea of how this could be applied to transport, which is a little bit smaller scale than black holes. But, uh, so how could edge computing and emerging technologies like the edge uh, AI, digital twins, IoT, that kind of stuff, drive intelligent transport systems and probably contribute to the development of smarter cities as a whole? Smarter cities, the concept is, okay, of course, like you can have a lot of uh, sensors, a bunch of technologies, uh, but the, the real uh, uh, the challenge is um, the e-governance of, you know, how we are going to manage this data, how we are going to get uh, meaningful insights out of this data. So transportation is a major factor affecting the, the urban areas and, and a key use case uh, for smart cities. So the, the intelligent transport system, um, often using a traffic management center to monitor and coordinate a large network of um, sensors and finding innovative ways to uh, improve the traffic congestion and, and the urban mobility. Um, so the, the, the idea is, is an advanced application uh, which aims to provide uh, innovative services uh, relating to different modes of transport and traffic management which enables the user uh, to be better, our commuters to be better connected, um, better informed and, and make safer and smarter use of the transport networks. So some of these technologies, including calling for emergency services when, then, when, when an ac accident occurs, um, using cameras to enforce uh, traffic laws, or uh, signs that uh, mark speed limit change uh, depending on the condition. The so IT is also varies in technologies applied uh, from basic management system, uh, such as uh, car navigation, uh, traffic signal control systems, uh, and also the advanced applications, uh, which can be integrated uh, into a live data and feed from number of other sources, uh, such as um, uh, parking guidance, you know, and availability mm. and information systems, weather informations. Today, like if you see, okay, our map, um, our Google map or Apple uh, maps, so when we uh, wanted to get into a destination from A to B, so you have to always like, you know, put your location. Of course, there's the suggestions, you know, on the map, but that data and, and that activity is isolated. So um, I feel that the real integration um, is more on like if 
um, an application could predict that what time I had to wake up in the morning, mm. you know, based on um, either the traffic scenarios and my alarm should set automatically. So that's what I see that that industry is moving towards. Um, it, it's more user centric. Uh, I could see that a lot of applications were developed uh, to for the, for the users to get actually more uh, access to their data and so they can have a better decision. You've mentioned some of my favorite trends being uh, customer, kind of customer first approaches and this particular emphasis on digitization to help with integrated planning. And it's like, it gets me really excited because I've been talking to so many people for this podcast and it always comes up that everyone's like, we need to start looking at this problem from a customer first perspective. Uh, what actually excites me are, um, it's more on the, the how these data, today's a silo uh, systems and, you know, the data is in, again, uh, it is not uh, utilized, um, uh, you know, it's not really properly harnessed um, at the real value. So um, I think that the future and moving towards that is a more integration happens. And uh, um, we, you know, whatever we imagine, like, you know, for me, it's like uh, the dream is like you know, my alarm clock wakes me up like, you know, 6.30, 6.40, I can get like 10 minutes more sleep. <laughs> so um, that's what I see myself. Uh, I want to be there in, in the future, in the next decade. Me too, really. So, <laughs> so your role is, as you mentioned, it's focused around customer engagement with a particular emphasis on building trust and, and education about emerging technologies. How do you encourage or guide different stakeholders to adopt these emerging tech and edge tech solutions? Because I can imagine there's a little bit of like um, maybe intimidation, but also maybe fear of the unknown involved. Uh, that's absolutely true. This is not the first time I'm going through that. The last uh, way I was um, in the telco, I was in the telco industry for a quite long time in 2000. 10 to 2014, um, there's two companies, like there's a mobile companies that, because there's a different systems. So the mobile uh, companies were different than the fixed line companies, even it's owned by the same group. Uh, but when this system actually merged as a fixed mobile convergence, and a lot of challenges so I faced is not on the technology side, it's more on the people side. So digital transformation is about talent, not technology. So it doesn't matter if it's a, a internal staffs or, a staffs or partners or customers. So my approach is to put people first. So I believe that technology is always about uh, doing uh, more with less. So yet the combination is effective only if you pair the technology uh, with the right human skills or mindset. So if you can leverage uh, human adaptability to reskill uh, or upskill our workforce, then we can simultaneously argument humans and technology. And the second area I would like uh, our usual focus is on the, the soft skills. So the, uh, the key technological skills we say are soft skills rather than hard skills. So in my view, uh, the best way to make organization more data-centric and digital is uh, investing in developing programs to teach people to be adaptable, curious, and flexible in the first place. Uh, so we focus on motivating people to develop uh, high learnability skills, uh, help them to match interest and demand, uh, in-demand skills, uh, while understanding those hard skills may soon become outdated. So the key is their curiosity remains intact. And also the other uh, focus is uh, drive change from the top. Uh, the changes more likely happen if you drive it from uh, the top down. This doesn't mean that I'm, I'm embracing the hierarchical structure. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you need to have the culture of uh, fear. So in fact, it's a simple matter of leadership. So whether uh, transactional or transformational, 
um, you know, in the context of digital transformation, the the main implication is that we cannot uh, expect big changes or upgrades um, unless, you know, like we um, really bring the uh, the senior management on board. Yeah, I think one thing to emphasize that you said that I think was really important, just in case people listening missed it, is talent, not tech. I think that's such a good little kind of soundbite snippet to to really nail at home that it's the investment in the people that will happen long term that's most useful because like you said you can invest in tech but then tech can be outdated very quickly nowadays within five to ten years you know even today the iphones were like not more than two years (laughs) i always try and leave like my favorite question to last uh, and this one is to get us amped up about the future given your experience what other technologies and emerging innovations do you think will become more prominent and of course the most important aspect of the question is which ones are you most excited for that's a great question you know um i i kind of like um you know this is a question probably <laughs> the most exciting for me <laughs> uh, so apart from iot 5g ai ml uh, ar vr i comfortably i can say that's quite mature today. Uh, but there are other emerging technologies in the market to start with, uh, for example, uh, blockchains and uh, distributed ledger. The other area, um, I would say, uh, in, in the, the 2020s, you know, like uh, we have seen this autonomous vehicle, hmm. um, you know, the trend of autonomous vehicle. Um, uh, and we have seen all kind of, you know, cars, taxis, trucks, and even ships become truly autonomous and commercially viable. Um, that's something I, I feel uh, is going to be very prominent. And um, the other area also I see the natural language processing. So even though we have today um, Siri or uh, you know Alexa or, or Google, um, mm. but it's still we are it's more robotic conversation. You know it's not really conversational. But you know I feel like this technology is evolved and which allows the machines to understand human language and dramatically changes how humans interact with the machines. The most exciting one for me is the genomics and gene editing. Um, so that uh, some I'm quite time I'm following this uh, and the advance in computing and analytics have uh, driven incredible leaps in our understanding of human genomes. Uh, for an example, correcting DNA mutation uh, that can uh, lead to cancer. So those kind of areas really exciting me. Uh, I really wanted to see uh, how that develops. I um, I've been talking to a couple of people as well who work in the health tech industry and are in that startup space. And they've been saying exactly the same thing, that it's a really exciting time to be in health tech and health innovation. For me, um, also, um, it gives me a better understanding today, um, you know, compared to in, in the last decades, like now I could understand healthcare a little bit better because a lot of the um, healthcare systems were like you know, transformed and it's more digital and even like today uh, for an example the vaccines usually takes like you know, 10 years yeah um you know to develop and uh, um, um nine out of ten uh, will fail but today mm. uh within a year we could manage to get like four or five approved vaccines uh, that's only possible because of the technology, uh, what we have, and, and, and the better analytics. Right? And a lot of the uh, the manual process in th- in that industry is going to be automated in the future. Yeah, I was talking to my roommate about this as well because with and you'd probably be interested in well because of the human aspect that that whole speeding up of technology is now requiring a mindset shift because people are like 
this shouldn't be taking this long. I, I expect it to have taken twice as long. And so then it, it has this idea of people mistrusting it or, or people, because they have the expectation that it should have taken longer to do something, they then think that there's something wrong with the product. And it's a really interesting kind of psychological case study. Yeah, absolutely. You know, security uh, is, is always been, a, uh, our privacy, I'd say, always been a concern, um, you know, when uh, anybody using, like even I'm in this industry for a very long time, but I still, uh, you know, when I wanted to use my phone, uh, it's it's there in my in my in, in the back of my head. But we are human beings, and you know, we um, make actually um, decisions like with some sense, you know, like what kind of data we could actually um, uh, share, what not to share. And today, a lot of platforms um, they are compelled to do that. Like a lot of organizations, like when it comes to uh, data privacy and giving. Uh, more um, in authority to the um, user to make the decisions uh, because uh, now I can decide like whether I wanted to share my data between the apps. Very true. Well, Rajesh, thank you so much for chatting to me all about kind of new innovations that are emerging. And I think as well, the human aspect and how to actually bring people into the process instead of walling them out. Thanks. Thanks, Emily, uh, for your time and, and really appreciate um, you know um, having me uh, in the podcast. If you'd like to know more about Rajesh or the work that Schneider Electric is doing across a range of industry in terms of digital disruption, you can visit their website, which is se.com. Very easy. And if you'd like to know more about Bitesize or the company that produces this podcast, Compass IoT, you can visit our website, which is compassiot.com.au. Until next time. Thank you.